morning, everybody. I hope you're all well and having a, having a wonderful weekend. When Mandy sent out the preaching roster for the first few months of this year with the themes and the specific readings on which our teach was to be based, I got a tad anxious reading the email as I was wary of getting a theme or a reading that I had no clue on or could relate to. My anxiety was heightened when reading the email I realised that Mandy had given me one verse, Matthew 6.10, to base my sharing on. Thanks, Mandy. And, I, and I'm learning not to challenge somebody who likes to challenge you because the challenge will be thrown out. But, but as soon as I read this verse, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, my anxiety lifted and I started becoming quite excited about sharing, this, about sharing today, which is not normal behaviour for an accountant. We accountants are not meant to get excited. And the reason for my excitement is that this area of discovering God's will for my life is something that I've been grappling with and reflecting on for some time. So I can certainly relate to the subject this morning, and I'll be sharing today on three lessons that God has placed on my heart through this period of grappling and reflecting. The message today is very much for my own ears, as hopefully for all of you, in your journey of discovering and doing God's will. Before I share on these, these three lessons, it is important to briefly cover and understand why doing the will of the King, doing God's will, is so important. Why should we be, why should we be striving to do God's will. Firstly, it's a response to God's great love for us. As Mandy shared last week, and this is critical, we are saved by grace and not by works. We are saved by faith and not what we do. Jesus is the doorway to heaven, not our good deeds. God's love for us is so enormous, it's immeasurable. We read in the Psalms, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for us. It's just huge. God loves you and me so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you and me. You know, that's incredible and just mind-blowing. It's out of, a, out of a response to God's amazing love for each one of us that we should want to do God's will. Seeking and doing God's will comes out of his love for us. It's because of what he did that we do. Secondly, God delights in us when we do his will. When God created mankind, he gave us free will. He could have chosen us to be robots and programmed us to do all the right things, but that would have been boring for God. It wouldn't have brought him much joy or pleasure. What brings God's joy and pleasure is when in exercising our free will, we choose to do what is right, when we choose to trust and obey him, when we choose to do his will. Lastly, doing God's will brings peace and joy to our souls. It gives us meaning and significance. Each one of us has been made for a purpose. We are not some random act of nature. Jeremiah 1.5 reads, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. How amazing is that? God knew each one of us before we were born and created us for a reason. Real meaning and significance comes from understanding and fulfilling God's purpose for putting us on this earth. Real meaning and significance comes from seeking and doing His will for our lives. Having briefly discussed why doing God's will is so important, I'm going to move on to the three lessons on discovering and doing God's will which God has placed on my heart. The first lesson is that God's will for our, for our lives is to be found and done in the ordinary course of life. We often have this view or understanding that to do God's will, we have to do something grand or extraordinary. We think we have to be missionaries, pastors, social activists, adopt ten children, etc. But it's not the case. God's will is to be found and done in the ordinary course 
of life. For those of us who are blessed to have children, God's will for us is that we are to raise them up in a secure, loving, Christian environment. At C.S. Lewis State, the homemaker, and that includes fathers and mothers, have the ultimate career. All other careers exist for one purpose only, and that is to support the ultimate career. How cool and so true is that quote, and I just love that picture. Children are the future of God's kingdom, and they need to be loved, protected, and taught the ways of the kingdom. For those of us who are blessed to have parents, God's will is that we love, honour, obey, and respect them, to appreciate and value them, and when the time comes, if need be, to care for them. Listening, Thomas? Okay, you can, you can not off now, that's fine, you got that. For, for those of us blessed to have spouses, God's will is that we honour our marriage vows. My father, in his last seven years, got quite ill. It was a messy and uncomfortable illness for both my father, but particularly for my mother, who cared for him in very difficult circumstances. I have visions of God looking down in those days and delighting in my mother, delighting in his little girl, how she cared and comforted her husband, how she honoured her marriage vows. For those who are blessed with grandchildren, God's will is that you sow positively into their lives. For those of us who are blessed with employment, God's will is that we work diligently and with integrity. In addition to all of the above, God's will is that we continuously seek and do good in our normal day-to-day life. And I look at Joy here this morning. Joy, every time you fetch a pew and his friends from Kalani and bring them to church, God looks down from heaven and delights in what you're doing. I picture God high-fiving the angels and saying, look at my girl, she's doing my will, she is doing good. And similarly with my China, Keith Hoskins, it's awesome how you give lifts and your special friendship with, with, with Peter. Again, every time you give Peter a lift and for your special friendship, God looks down and he's delighted in you. And he half-fives the angel saying, look at my boy, he is doing my will, he is doing good. And there's so many other examples I can. I was just chatting with Sheila this morning, amazing stuff that she's doing. You know, as I said, I could give a lot more examples of people in our church family being extraordinary in the ordinary things of life, but we might be here for a lot, very long time. Friends, we do and find God's will in the nitty-gritty of every single day, and when we do so, God delights in us. The second lesson, and notwithstanding what I have just said, is that God wants us at stages and moments in our lives to do uncomfortable things for him. Matthew 16:24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. There is no greater example of a person being uncomfortable but choosing to do God's will than that of Jesus. In our Gospel reading this morning, we read that Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said to Peter, John and James, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus knew what was in store for him for the next 24 hours. And then he went on to pray a couple of times, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken away from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Once he was finished praying, he was led away and was crucified. He chose to do God's will. The enormity and magnitude of what Jesus went through that day in following God's will is sometimes just too big to comprehend. And the reason that God wants us to go through uncomfortable situations for him, to get out of the boat for him, It is in those moments of vulnerability that we get to trust and get to understand God's provision and faithfulness. We draw closer to God. When I reflect on my trip to Morocco with open doors last year, I can assure you that the trip would not have made my bucket list 
of trips that I'd want to do. I always pictured of myself going to Bali with my surfboard, but that's not where God was leading me. The trip was extremely uncomfortable. It was hot. There's a picture there. We were like 50 degrees. We had to wear long pants. We weren't allowed holes in our socks. It was noisy. I had zero communication with my family. I travelled with people I did not know. I shared a room with a person I did not know. And sometimes the beds were just too close for comfort for me. I was continuously surrounded by, by Muslims and we faced possible danger. Not my ideal trip. But I knew that I was doing God's will. I knew that he wanted me to reach out to the persecuted church somehow. And I can honestly say that that week was one of the most enjoyable weeks of my life. It was far better than Bali ever would have been. In doing God's will, in being uncomfortable, but obedient, he blessed me spiritually in an extraordinary way that week. Another experience which I'm sure all of you can relate to in somehow, some way. When I signed up to do Alpha many years ago, and it was under Paul's leadership, I was not a happy chappy when I found out that I had to go away for a weekend with church people. Also, I was horrified when Paul told us that on that weekend some people would be laying hands on us and asking us to be filled with the God Spirit. This was certainly out of my comfort zone, and my immediate reaction to Bridget was, Oh, my hat and coat. I'm not going. I tried to find every excuse not to go, but I eventually relented, and that uncomfortable night when Paul and other people laid hands on me, I did not fall over or cry or laugh, but rather was filled with a peace and calmness that I'd never experienced before. In my discomfort but obedience to God, I was blessed that night. That, God, that night I got to know that God was real. If I had chosen to stay at home, in my comfort zone, with my remote control, I doubt I'd be standing here today, and more importantly, that we as a Beasley family would be attending church together. Friends, when we do God's will, there'll be time of discomfort, times of getting out of the boat. For some of us, that might mean joining a home group, leading a home group, going on a mission somewhere, receiving prayer ministry, going on a weekend with church people, sharing your faith with someone, lifting your hands up in praise. I'm not sure what God wants you to do or where he's leading you. All I know, it will involve some discomfort, and in that discomfort, but obedience, you will be blessed. The third and last lesson that I want to share with you on discovering and doing God's will, and what is particularly pertinent to me in my current journey, is that God says stay sometimes when we would rather be moving. In the first reading from Numbers this morning, we read about the Israelites' journey from Egypt to the Promised Land and how they were guided by a cloud that covered the tent of the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, or a month, or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. Imagine how, t at, how at times they must have been hugely frustrating for the Israelites. They have been told of the promised land. They wanted to get there, but in their journey they had to stay put where they were in the desert, in the hot, hot desert. Not only for two days, or a month, but for a year sometimes. They must have been desperate to keep on moving and get to the promised land. Yet they obeyed the will of, of the Lord. They waited. They stayed. It has been said that the most difficult discipline in Christian life is waiting, staying where you are. I fully concur. For me, one of the most challenging verses in the Bible comes from Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I'm God. I wish it rather read, keep moving, keep going forward, 
and know that I am God. You often hear people say that they want to change jobs or change the city where they stay or the country they live in, change churches, end a friendship, end a marriage, etc. because they are bored or unfulfilled or unhappy. The motives could vary. Sometimes God's will for us in these circumstances is simply to stay put. Often when we are seeking, to, seeking changes in our lives, it is driven by our own motives, our own agendas, and not of God's. When God calls us to stay, it's, so often, it's often so that we can release our will and accept his. The other day I got quite enthusiastic about something and I said to Bridget, you know, I do not know where this is going to lead me. Bridget's response was, my dearest, darling, most handsome husband. <laughs> no, that was not her response. Her response was, quite simply, why does it have to lead you anywhere? So true. Situations and circumstances do not have to lead anywhere. Friends, when it's God's will for us to stay put, when we'd rather be moving, it is not easy. I know, I've got the t-shirt. But when we are obedient in those circumstances, we can get peace from the assurance that when we do start moving again, it'll be under God's direction and strength, like the Israelites many years ago. Inclusion, just to wrap up. As mentioned earlier, it is because of the cross that we are able to enter into God's kingdom. It has nothing to do with our works, what we do. Rather, we do God's will because of his great love for us, because it delights God, and in doing so we find peace, joy, meaning, and significance. The subject of discovering do God's will is a massive one and could be a series on its own. Today I've been led to share three lessons that God has placed on my heart. God's will is to be done and found in the ordinary course of life. God's will is for us to get out of our comfort zone, to get out of the boat. And God's will for us is sometimes to stay when we would rather move on. Friends, I'm going to end on these words. He died that we may live. Let's live for him. Let's do the will of our King. Amen. Can we just pray quickly? Our Father in heaven, our God in heaven, our King in heaven, Lord, hallowed be your name, Lord, your you are mighty, Lord, mighty in power, Lord, mighty in goodness, Lord, and, and mighty in love, Lord. And out of that mighty love, Lord, you sent your son Jesus to die for us, Lord. And, and because of that great love, Lord, we are able to enter into your presence, Lord, enter into your kingdom, Lord. And we give you thanks, Lord, that you've given each one of us free will, Lord. And, and we pray, Lord, this morning, Lord, that, 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 that we use our free will, we exercise our free will, Lord, to follow you, Lord, to do, you, to do your will, Lord. And, and Lord, as I was preparing, preparing for this morning, Lord, you just placed in my heart, Lord, that there's somebody in this church, maybe more than one, two, where there's a broken relationship, Lord, in, in the family, Lord, and, and your will is just for that, that relationship to be restored, Lord, and, and we lift those people up before you this morning, Lord, just to give them the wisdom and the courage and the humility, Lord, just to, just to take that first step in restoring that relationship, Lord, because your will is just for, for families to be restored and to be whole, Lord. We pray all of this in your mighty name, Lord. Amen.